Welcome to the Inside Electronics Podcast, an Endeavor Business Media production. This podcast brings you the latest in technology, trends, and issues for the embedded electronics engineering community with your host, Alex Paul. Today, I've got two of my friends from Rodian Shores. I've got Ernst Fleming here. He's the Director of Oscilloscope Product Management. And I've got C.S. Wong here. He's the Oscilloscope Product Manager. Now, obviously, if you're both here, there's something big going on with oscilloscopes. But before we get there, I wanted to touch a little bit about this. where are we with tools? And I mean, you've got software-defined tools on the one side. You've got brand-new pocket-sized tools that almost are perfect on the other. And you've got, as you're offering, top-of-the-line battleship oscilloscopes that can give you a resolution of an ant's whisker. So where are we right now? Which one would you earn? So maybe maybe one of the topics that are driving industry nowadays is, first of all, the number of channels. So there is a big demand in the direction of getting more than four channels for more than four signals to look into that all the time. So that's one of the drivers. The second driver is, of course, that you, like, 12-bit is now standard. So up to 18-bit vertical resolution, more is more. That's always the case. And the third topic is really like where we put a focus on is that, that we wanted to, to have um, like a really fast scope. Fast not only because it like looks fancy and all that, but you get your results faster. So you get statistics faster with 4.5 million waveform update rate. You get all rare signals faster. We want to capture all the signal. We don't to want to miss anything so this is really something that we put focus on and that we see is a, a good demand from the industry, from the customers that are really valuing it. Okay, I get my, my results now. I don't need to wait hours. I get it in seconds. That's one of the examples. The other example is like, oh, my signal, I, I see all the signal faults right away. I don't need to wait. I don't need to do specific trigger conditions to, to hunt down any fault. I just see it, I just turn on the scope, see it, and I can fix that. So those are the typical scenarios where customers value the fast oscilloscope update. Speed and memory, right? Yeah, yeah. speed and memory. So first of all, you have to capture very fast. Then, of course, we also provide a deep enough memory as a standard so that people can see more of their waveform just by capturing it. So this is something that we already put into the scope. But additionally, we also have a function like history mode where we actually have segmented memory. So the scope keeps on recording, even though it is not specifically told to. So once the recording is inside the memory, when they fill up, it will throw away the oldest data. But always, when you stop the scope, you can actually go back to see what the waveform has been captured before. So this is something that we put in, like not only you have a fast capture rate, you can always go back to the previously captured waveform. Something tells me you're not just telling me about engineering issues, you're telling me about your new product. So why don't we segue right into that and... Um... I mean, obviously, your devices are well-respected in the industry anyway. So why don't we talk about the previous generation and what's happening in this new generation? When you say previous generation, you're probably referring to the MX-04. Yeah, so that is our uh, first line of scope where we introduced the MX-0 technology. So that is actually quite a breakthrough already for the 4,000-class instrument. So there we introduced the 4.5 million waveform per second. And that only works on one channel at a time, yeah? So it's, it's, it's good, but then, of course, people may ask for more. So with the MX-05, uh, we actually introduce it with two of those uh, MX-08 uh, APIC ASIC. 
So it has two async that runs really fast, up to 400 gigabit per second. So it can actually run 4.5 million waveforms per second across multiple channels. And this is something that is not ever seen in the market. We are the fastest scope in the world. And so why don't you give me an example of an application that can really benefit from that kind of speed and capture capability? Yeah, but one of the typical applications is like you have a rare signal and like spurious emission in your EMI design. You look into that, you, you see nothing in the, in the frequency spot. But when you have the fast update rate with the fast FFT capability that we haven't mentioned, but the, like we can do four FFTs simultaneously with up to 45,000 updates per second, which is really fast, which means you rarely miss any signal, even in the frequency domain. So here you see any spurious event right away and you can nail it down, trace it down, hunt it down and fix it. It's blurring the line with like electronic warfare equipment almost, the, the, the speed of capture and the type of capture and all. How far are we pushing the envelope there? So we are actually getting close. Uh, one way that we want to put it is that even though we say 4.5 million waveform per second, the real-time capture rate can be going up to 99% of a real-time waveform. So in the traditional scope, which is we are talking about uh, 10,000 waveform per second, those are only capturing less than 1% of the waveform. So what the MXO5 is different is that we actually has a very little date time in between the captures. So this helps in looking at the real-time waveform. And it is pressing close to some of those electronic warfare equipment <laughs> out there. But <laughs> Maybe to add to that, there are some customers who still want to use analog scopes mm. because of the update rate, because they don't want to miss any single signal. Um, but these scopes now are faster than analog scopes because the analog scopes have like a the the the, 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 the analog sweepback is is the, the blind time of them, and this is now with those scopes the blind time is lower than the sweepback time on the analog scope, so they can throw away their old stuff and get to the digital world. Speed of capture, depth of capture, right? How much memory are we talking about here? How much of that information can be captured and stored? in the system for instance like we we give it as a standard per channel you get 500 mega points so that is actually quite a lot because typically in this class you see only about offering one tenth of that of that range so as a standard we already give out uh, 500 mega points per channel so just like i mentioned about the history mode where we can actually capture one million segments with one million or one mega points data so that is actually quite a lot of storage that's put in there on the other angle of the depth, not just the sample point, number of sample point, but also look into the ADC rate. So ADC-wise, we're actually going into 12-bit and we are able to do 18-bit HD mode. So imagine every sample that you capture is carrying a 12-bit or 18-bit kind of resolution. There is a lot of data for the ASIC to process and we are able to do it in such a fast manner. So this is a real breakthrough in terms of the scope. Maybe to add some... Uh, one more comment from R&D perspective, of course, like 500 mega sample, everyone can do it. So that's not that, like adding more memory is not the crucial part, that, but the crucial part is like to have that still in operation. So to have a responsive scope, even in deep memory scenarios. So that's basically the reason in traditional designs, like when you run an analysis on on even one mega sample, the scope gets, starts to get slow. At 10 mega sample, it's really slow. At 50 mega sample, it's pretty damn slow, if not operational at all. But this is with the, with the digital um, ASIC that we are capable to do that. 
to do that even with longer memory and still have a very responsive scope. So this means that those two angles are connected to each other, fast scope and deep memory. That's important. I mean, is it, you can capture all you want, and if you can't study it, it's useless information, right? What are some of the other features, you know, with the five? I mean, you didn't just add those three things and say, hey, it's a new scope. I mean, it, usually there are more bells and whistles added to it. What are some of the other features of it that you'd like to bring up? Actually, we put more in terms of the software capability. So it's supposed to be uh, with a dedicated PC that is built into the scope. So it can do more less functions. We plan to have a software. I mean, basically, you can define the formula that you need for the maths. So, so this is some of the higher-end capability that you usually find in higher-end scope. So compared to MXO4, of course, this is some of the added value that we have there. But I also want to bring back is that this uh, digital trigger technology that we also introduced in both of the scope. So for MXO5, it also carries on the digital trigger capability where you can trigger sensitivity, where it can detect even down to 0 0.0001 division. So this is how sensitive uh, it can. And we do this by actually looking for the trigger events in the sample that we capture. So basically, whatever you can sample, we can trigger on. So this is something that is uh, very unique in this scope industry. We did not only challenge our electrical engineers and software engineers to make all that happening. We did challenge our mechanical engineers as well. So we built a very silent scope. So... The purpose of this is that like, there are many engineers who have that next to their workspace um, on a day-to-day -day basis, switch it on in the morning, switch it off in the evening. So they don't want to he hear the, no the noise of the fan of the scope as that is in the in a traditional scope. So this one here, actually, even during the podcast, it's on, but you won't hear any, any fan noise. So it's really a challenge to do that, and we managed to have a really silent scope. I've been looking over and it's on and I don't hear it at all. Wow. Is there a learning curve for the engineer? Do they just simply turn it on and like, wow, I have more capability? Or is there something that they um, need to know in order to maximize the usage of the device? I will say that even since MXO4, the way that we designed the UI has been something that is a very shallow learning curve for the engineer. Uh, we have a built-in manual that is inside the scope already. Of course, we also have like those search functions that allow users to find what they need to use inside the scope. So basically, they don't really need to spend days or hours to study the manual to know what the scope is for. But in general, they can actually look into the scope itself and learn on the way. But of course, with any uh, new interfaces, there's a bit of learning curve. Like you, you, you have a new phone that, of course, you need to know where those functions are. But typically, once you observe a person operate it once, you typically just pick it up and then you just use it naturally. Very nice. Well, I would say there are two things engineers need to know. That's one thing, where is the menu? And the second thing is, where is, the, where is our search function? Because with the search function, you can just type in the functionality that you are looking for and the menu pops out automatically. But the search function is already included in the menu at the top, so it's easy to find it. Just tap on it, search for the function, and you can you get everything you want. You had talked a little bit about catching transients and the like. So that, to me, that sounds like Internet of Things, compatibility, verification. I got an electronic device and it may be not working as well as I want it to or I'm checking for leakage. Yeah, debugging is one of the key capabilities there. So with these uh, fast acquisitions, actually, we, we talk about capturing 99% of the waveform, right? So basically, you miss very little things. So those infrequent events that could be a problem in your circuitry, so then you can capture, you can, you can see right away and of course with that you can debug what is going on with the scope 
Then, of course, with the long capture time, uh, the more memory means that you can also observe for a long time what is going on in your circuit, which in the past probably you may miss it just because your scope is slow or don't have the memory to do it. Maybe, maybe just to add a slightly different perspective to it, with a slow update rate, your signal looks fine. But reality tells you that in practice, sometimes you find the error later. But the later you find the error, the more work you have to put into, the more expensive it is to fix it. So it's easier to see all the, all the errors in your design right away in an early stage. And that helps you to, to be ready faster and to have a reliable product. Were there any aspects of the uh, new system that you wanted to bring up that I hadn't gotten around to? Maybe I want to add more onto the FFT capability. So we just talked about it being very fast, but what is the benefit out there? So again, it's coming back to the debugging topic because sometimes you cannot see the events in the time domain. So you probably have no idea. But once you switch it on to the spectrum mode, so you actually see what is wrong with the spectrum. So maybe there's a spectral leakage there's a spectrum RF that is interfering the thing. So what the scope introduced here is that we have a very fast FFT that can capture all those uh, spurious uh, RF events. So you can actually see that on the, on the screen. And on the other hand, you can actually turn on four FFT at the same time with a very fast update rate. So this gives you an additional angle to look into where the emission is coming from. So for EMI debugging kind of application, this is a perfect tool. I pushed already on the, on the topic of the fast update rate. Actually, that's in a nutshell. If you're like, if you want to go home earlier, if you want to be done with your design earlier, look into the product. Seeing is believing. Go to a show. We have excellent, excellent feedback from the product Veronica, for example, where the customer said, "Ah, this fast update rate. I don't, I don't really need that." But then they started looking into it and said, "Is it really that fast? That's crazy." I want it. So this is something you can you can think about and, and try it out. Contact a distribution partner from Roden Schwarz or talk to Roden Schwarz directly. Look at it, try it out, and you will make your own decision. So now, before I let you gentlemen go, do you have any final thoughts or words for our audience? Um, I would guess that really seeing is believing. A lot of uh, customer feedback is that if they haven't experienced our scope before, that they, they don't understand what does a fast acquisition rate means what does a fast response means but once you get your hands on it of course you probably will know that this is a real uh, high performance instrument and they're at a very attractive pricing intro for the eight channel as well yeah it really is the next generation oscilloscope so look into it compare it what you're doing today with your current in instrument and what you're capable to do and see the difference yeah it's the next generation Thank you, gentlemen. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me for the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside Electronics, the podcast on the embedded engineering community. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any episodes. Check out the next episode in two weeks, where our host Alex Paul will bring you the latest news, trends, and personalities from the electronic design community.